Hello and welcome to the Indie Dev Life Podcast, a show about the ins and outs of independent software development. My name is Brian and I am an independent developer. Today is a special day because today marks the release of my book, Going Indie, A Complete Guide to Becoming an Independent Software Developer. You can order the book on Amazon, on IndieBound, and on Barnes & Noble, as well as the ebook on Apple Books. You can find out more information at goingindie.tech and you can rate and review the book on Goodreads. Today is going to be a little bit different of an episode. I have put together a reading of the opening few chapters of the book for you, so I hope you enjoy that. As always, thank you for listening. Please consider subscribing and rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts. And without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Going Indie, A Complete Guide to Becoming an Independent Software Developer, by Brian Schrader. To my sister Bailey, for her love and for her smile. To my father Kevin, for his focus and for his nerdy passion. And to my mother Moline, for her drive and her eternal support. This book is for you. To be independent is to carve one's own path, to forge one's own destiny. Independent software developers are those who release software under their own name, often through their own companies, and they may even turn a profit doing so. Occasionally, independent developers are incredibly lucky and are able to make their entire living by writing their own software, while the majority release independent software as a hobby or as a side business while working a typical job. Others release software as only a part of an independent persona. These developers are often found writing books, recording podcasts, and giving talks in addition to shipping software. Those of you who decide to journey into the relatively untamed wilds of the independent world can either choose to follow trails carved by others or strike out on your own. How far you venture into these woods is for you to decide. Go as far as your intuition dares and your capacity allows. To create software and release it to the world under your own banner is perhaps one of the greatest freedoms our chosen profession offers us. Like writers, poets, and musicians, the work that developers are capable of is akin to magic. We create something from nothing. We build and shape the world around us, We can solve problems for ourselves and share those solutions with others for little additional expense. Be warned, these wilds can be dangerous. Many who venture forth come back empty-handed, and some do not come back at all. This book will not show you how to cross the wilds. It does not provide you a map, for no such maps exist. Instead, this book aims to be both a guide to show you the most dangerous places and a set of tools you can use along your journey. The advice and guidance given here was won through personal experience, careful surveying, and self-reflection. It is useful, but it should not be considered absolute. Mine is but one of many paths through the woods, a journey I am still on. You will not walk the same road, and so should not seek to emulate my every footstep. This book is also not a map listing the location of every steep cliff or venomous snake in the land. Hopefully. You will avoid the hazards I've faced, but you will surely encounter your own. It's a guide that teaches you instead how to read the winds, follow the game trails, and find fresh water. On this journey, stumbling is assured. You will encounter hardship. The only question is whether you will learn from your mistakes and keep going. Those of you who persevere, who take the trek and emerge on the other side, will discover just how rewarding becoming an independent software developer can actually be. Who this book is for. While there are a great many people who would probably find this book of some use, it is primarily targeted at software developers with an express desire to break out of their current grind and start a business, either by themselves or with a small group of friends. Now, there are lots of various kinds of businesses, and not all are within the scope of this book. Here we will focus on small software businesses, which, although less often discussed, are the more practical option for a single individual or limited team. We'll cover business models, 
pricing tiers, technological trade-offs, and personal motivation. To provide some real-life context, we'll dive into the technical details of building, hosting, and maintaining a software service using Nine Nines, a service I built and launched in 2020, as an example. Who this book is not for. Readers looking for the best ways to apply for venture capital, how to manage hockey stick growth, or those seeking insight into the processes and nuances of corporate IPOs are going to be rather disappointed by this book. We don't discuss data mining or user data extraction, nor will we talk about how to increase engagement or optimize our data harvesting model. We will instead discuss the fine art of providing goods and services to a market willing to pay real money to access and use them. As such, this confines the scope of our business to those that are more traditional, slow-growing, and that are profitable on their own merit. If you're looking for the Silicon Valley dream, I suggest you look elsewhere. What you'll learn. This book covers topics ranging from marketing to software development, from motivation to system administration. You'll learn the differences between certain types of businesses, how to think about and design products, how to structure pricing tiers, how to design maintainable data models, how to host your software and run servers, and how to market your product before, during, and after launch. The goal of this book is to provide readers with a complete understanding of the tools and experience needed to take a product from idea to launch and beyond, while assuming some level of software development experience. Running a software business requires surprisingly little knowledge of software and software development. There's a lot more involved in creating a successful business than simply building a good app or service. Here, we will fill those gaps with knowledge gained from years of experience, develop your intuition around your business, and design user-centric features that benefit both you and your users. While we will be discussing some technical aspects in this book, it is assumed that the reader already has some proficiency or experience in software development, although no specific experience is required. This is not a programming guide or a computer science textbook, but we will cover a few useful tips and tricks that can help you build your software more effectively. Part 1. You, your product and your company. Chapter 1. The Dream. If you're reading this, then you probably want to learn how to become a successful independent developer. You already know how to build software. Now you're looking for the secrets, tips, tricks, and advice that can promote you from simple developer to a higher echelon, an exclusive club where you can release your software successfully and independently, free of corporate overlords and dishonest industry practices. You may see indie devs on Twitter talking about their software, you might read their blogs and you want in on their game. Or you might just have a great idea and the ability to build it. But you're lacking the insight, the knowledge, or the courage to take that next step to publish and release your software independently. I've been developing, publishing, and releasing software independently for years. And I've been in both of these categories at various times. I've learned a lot about the software industry. I've discovered a number of strategies that help me build better software and help me run my business. That said... I've also discovered a greater number of tips and tricks that definitely do not work. I've found a number of ways to waste time and money chasing goals that aren't helpful, and crucially, I've uncovered the methods that help me recover from those bad decisions. This is what I offer you in this book. Not a guarantee of success, not a perfect guide, but a trove of methodologies, strategies, and life experiences gained by doing nearly everything wrong the first time. Importantly, I also do not offer you an endpoint. I'm still on my own journey to independence and success. I'm just further down the road, looking back at the path I've charted, and offering you a chance to avoid the same pitfalls that I unknowingly stumbled into. 
In this way, this book is less like a memoir of my journey. It's not a look back on the road to some glamorous end. It's more like a journal written while the tale is still being told. An account written during the struggle, untainted by the rose-colored glasses of nostalgia. Instead seen with the clear eyes of one still trapped in the fog along the path to an unknown destination. Like you, I am on a quest. Perhaps, by the end of this, both of us will be closer to our goal. Independence and success. Independence means different things to different people, as does the term independent developer. To some, independent development might refer to small companies with a few employees passionately making software for a dedicated audience. Companies like Rogue Amoeba and the Omni Group fit this description. They employ potentially tens of people to build powerful and unique software for a large audience. To others, independent development might instead refer to individuals, Manton Reese, Maciej Siglowski, Marco Arman, and others, that make their living by selling software under their own name and through their own companies. Finally, independent developers might simply refer to anyone who makes and releases software to the world under their own name, regardless of whether that software supports them financially. In these cases, independent developers may earn some form of income from their software, perhaps even significant supplemental income, while others may choose to release their software for free, in the same way that in order to earn the title of open-source contributor, one need only correct a typo in an open-source project's documentation. An independent developer need only to release software under their own name to be considered truly independent. As with any nuanced discussion of a complex topic, before the conversation can begin, terms need to be defined. For our purposes, we'll constrain our definition of independent developer to mean an individual who releases software under their own name to make a profit. This is a pretty conventional definition, but it's important to remember that it isn't the only definition. We're intentionally excluding those who build software for free and those who employ others as a part of their endeavor. This limited definition will allow us to better explore and better understand the benefits, the considerations, and the constraints that real independent developers face. After all, with a broad definition, it can be difficult to meaningfully generalize about the challenges and opportunities that these developers face, and it can be even harder to proffer advice. At times, this book will include brief discussions that broaden our definition of independent developer to include small teams of around three to four people. This is because, while most of the advice and guidance in this book does generalize out to groups, in some cases, there may be nuances that are worth clarifying. Lots of independent developers work with friends or others in the community towards a shared goal, and while this book is primarily targeted at those working alone, the sheer popularity of group projects and my own experience with them means that when there are significant exceptions and additions, it would be negligent to omit them. Success, like independence, also changes based on how you define it. What you mean when you use the word successful will have a significant impact on the decisions you choose to make during your time as an independent developer. If your image of success is to become the next Yelp, Lyft, or Apple, then this book is not for you. There are countless other writers who teach the fine art of Silicon Valley startups. Applying for venture capital, choosing co-founders, building your team, pivoting your service, going public, and getting bought out by Google. This is not that. Here, we will focus on more mundane, but also much more attainable goals. Our approach. Throughout this book, we'll take a look at what it takes to start and run an independent software company, one with zero employees and no venture capital or angel funding, a company that makes software for people who pay money to use it. Such a paradigm may be relatively unheard of in the Valley, but still very much exists. There are countless examples of developers who build and sell products and services on the web through their own companies. Some developers make screencasts or podcasts. Others build apps or services. Some are bloggers or published authors. And still more do a combination. 
These people are often working by themselves or with their family or friends to make a living on the web. Some have small teams, some don't. Quite a few have persisted through the ages, emerging from the primeval ooze of the web in the 90s. Others are as old as the App Store, while plenty more have just begun. These companies typically have one thing in common. No matter what they do or sell, they are founded and run by people who build simple, bespoke, artisanal software. They started with an idea, they worked hard, they got a little lucky, they got knocked down, and they kept trying. While there are lots of ways to start a business on the web, in this book we'll look at just one, software as a service. We'll look at how to develop an idea for a software service, and how to take that idea through launch and beyond. As a developer, you may believe that building software is the most important part, but you'd be wrong. Ultimately, your software is a small part of your business. How you choose to design and implement your software is important, but so is the payment structure, software infrastructure, UI design, branding, marketing, business plan, and feature roadmap. There are lots of aspects to running a business, and you'll need to do them all, at least for now. We'll look at how to balance each of these roles, how to judge your decisions, and how to think about your business holistically. We'll cover some tips and tricks to help you balance your day job while starting your business, and how to extract the most out of your limited time by building a routine and tracking your progress. We'll cover launching your software, promoting it, marketing it, how to build an audience, and how to deliver quality software on a budget and on a limited schedule. Advice and explanations can get dull when served alone. While it packs a lot of nutrients, simple advice oatmeal is pretty bland. That's why, throughout this book, we're going to sprinkle on some real examples and statistics from my own software business experience and the experiences of other developers in the community. We'll look at examples from a variety of projects built by myself and others, discuss the benefits and trade-offs of these different approaches, contrast these real-world examples with the myths surrounding indie development, and we'll use these examples to inform our decision-making and set our expectations accordingly. Even the most successful indie developers out there didn't start out that way. Most built up their business while working another job, doing consulting work, or some mixture of both. The truly lucky made it big in another endeavor, and otherwise had the resources to quit their job at the beginning and build their business from scratch. Personally, I have no experience making it big and building a business from scratch with the proceeds, so I can't speak to the challenges inherent in that approach. I have worked a full-time job while building the majority of my business, and I've taken a few extended breaks to redouble my efforts when the opportunity arose. We'll be focusing here on the most common scenario and one that I have years of experience with, moonlighting. Working nights and weekends after work to build your business and launch your software. If it sounds like running a business is going to be a lot of work, that's because it is. However, there are lots of things that you can do to simplify and make things easier. There are lots of shortcuts you can take and lots of problems you can kick down the road. You just have to know where to look and where to kick. Staying motivated is important. So important that a significant portion of this book deals with understanding motivation and cultivating it. Running a business is hard, and you have only yourself and your own internal motivations to keep you going. Once you know how to stay motivated, we'll discuss the common problems you'll encounter, how to avoid them if you can, and how to push past them if you can't. Through it all, it's important to stay focused and not be too hard on yourself. There are going to be decisions that you have to make with little information, and you may regret those decisions later on. Always remember that your decisions appear clearer and better informed in hindsight. The choices easier to distinguish. The right decision always seems more obvious as time goes on. But you don't get to make decisions with any foreknowledge. You make them with the information you have at the time. And there's no point in beating yourself up later over questions you couldn't possibly be expected to answer. The process of starting a business is challenging and full of unknowns. Some of which you might see coming 
and some that are going to completely blindside you. You're going to be asking yourself to tackle a number of new things, most of which you've probably never done before. Learning is going to be a constant, one of the very few in this process. You'll work hard, you'll struggle, and you'll get knocked down. That's okay. It happens to everyone. But if you succeed, whatever that word means to you, then it will have all been worth it. What is success? Despite their intelligence and talent, many people with the goal to found the next Lyft or Yelp end up failing. Software on the web is dominated by enormous companies with thousands of engineers, and frankly, with one person, or even a small team, you're just not going to be able to compete. In this type of scenario, the more realistic goal is to do what they can't. Large companies, even with dedicated product teams, often lack a certain attention to detail, especially on their smaller projects. Teams there are tasked with maintaining multiple small projects, or only work on them for a small portion of their time. At Apple and Google, for example, teams are often told to develop an app or service, and after launch, only update it once a year. This is where you have the advantage. Success on the web doesn't actually need to be all that successful. Depending on how you price your software and how much it costs to run, you can become profitable with just a few hundred dedicated users. Something that companies like Google, Apple, or even Atlassian will never be able to do. A company's size is often an asset, but it can also be a hindrance. As the size of a company grows, so too must the scope of its software. Large companies simply can't afford to chase smaller fish but you can. This is your competitive advantage. They have more resources and more bandwidth, but you have more focus. Finding a niche and filling it is critical. Don't worry if your software isn't all things to all people. Instead, think about how it could be one really great thing to a select group of people. The number of features you support in most cases just isn't all that relevant, and often can make your product or service harder to market and sell. Focus on solving a small number of problems and solving them well. Quality will win out in the end. It turns out that staying small offers some surprising advantages, not just to the day-to-day experience of work, but in marketing and getting customers to love your project. Best of all, there's plenty more room at the bottom. If your goal is to do meaningful work that you love, you may be closer to realizing your dreams than you think. Barely Succeed, It's Easier, by Maciej Siglowski. Too often, even in well-funded startups, Founders try to tackle a problem set that is too broad or unfocused. Instead of doing one or two things well, they do 20 things poorly, leaving their customers underwhelmed. It's important to keep your ideas realistic and not be caught in the trap of dreaming about the future too far in advance. If you're planning to eventually expand and hire, that's great. But don't spend the majority of your focus and your energy planning out features that you might eventually have such a team build. You don't have that team now, and if you lose focus, you never will. The Goldilocks Zone. Is the product you want to launch within your capabilities? Can you actually build it? Now, this isn't necessarily a technical question. If your goal is to overtake Facebook's ad network or ship a nationwide ride-hailing service, then you probably should close this book and look at applying for venture capital. Without that upfront financial backing, the product you choose to build needs to be something that can be developed, launched, maintained, upgraded, promoted, marketed, and administered by you or your small team. There's a lot that you can achieve with just yourself, a great idea, and some focused effort. But competing against multinational corporations is not one of them. Technical acumen aside, there's simply a lot of behind-the-scenes work involved in creating a successful product and company. Non-technical work will inevitably take up a chunk of your time, 
and your motivation. So smaller projects focused on a narrow problem set are usually best, especially if you're just starting out. Now that's not to say that large projects can't be done. It instead puts an upper limit on the scale of your projects and limits the size of the features you can deliver in a given time. Large-scale projects are possible, but they will take longer. If you're aiming to tackle something big, be sure to break up the main features into smaller pieces.